Hello and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, this year where we talk about the Parsha of the week, sometimes the upcoming holiday as well, with some practical lessons to keep. Of course, we're coming to the holiday of Shavuot, where we talk about where we received the Torah, God's blueprint for the world, basically the guidebook for life, as Rabbi Foreman explains on AlephBeta.org. The way we're supposed to go about our life, the way we're supposed to live our life, the way we're supposed to, you know, accustom ourselves and train ourselves and take ourselves on the path of life. That's why there's so many elements in the Torah. In Boratius, we have so many stories of leaders' practical reasons, practical ways to see how to live our life, thinking about an Avraham, a Yitzchak, a Yaakov, thinking about a Yehuda or a Yosef, thinking about Moshe, of course, and Aaron, and thinking about all the leaders throughout Jewish history, thinking about how there are laws to govern our life, how there are stories to help our life, how there are situations and different life lessons from the Torah itself, not just stories, not a history book, because there's so many years that are skipped upon, quote-unquote, because those weren't relevant in some ways, those weren't applicable in some ways, those weren't how we would guide ourselves, how we would see ourselves, how we would go about our lives. As we get the Torah, as we come to the Torah, as we receive the Torah, we should get as excited as a bride is to see his groom and as how a groom is to see his bride. You know, the nation of Israel is compared to a bridegroom and Hashem is prepared is is, is compared on some level to a groom and how we come together under the chuppah of Har Sinai as a marriage couple. We say to Hashem, we accept the Torah, we are married to you, Hashem, in a way how we're supposed to live our life to be able to actually do the ways of the Torah, live the ways of the Torah, uphold the Torah. We count 49 days, we count up to 49 every day more excited to get to 49, counting those seven weeks, those 49 days till we accept the Torah, Many have the um, the minig, of course, to stay up on Shavuot night all night because they're so excited to receive the Torah on the day. They're so excited to actually go about the learning of the Torah, being involved in Torah. For those of us who can't stay up all night for various reasons, stay up a little later than usual. Learn a little later than usual. Learn something relevant to Shavuos. You know, the story of Rus, they say, happened around Shavuos. Could be why we read on Shavuos. Some say we read it because Rus is the ancestor of David, whose yard site, whose death happened on Shavuos. They say also different reasons why it happens. A fascinating story in and of right, in, in and of its own right. Also, Rus was was a convert to Judaism from the Moabite region, and and there was a big argument back in the day, many 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 years ago, if a Moabite was allowed to come into the congregation of Hashem, into the Jewish people. And really it was, the real the real explanation is that a Moavi, a man cannot, but a Moavite cannot, can, excuse me. But a lot of people didn't know that. So, you know, David, who descended from Rus, might have had his lineage in question because he came from her and nobody really knew this law that it's okay. That's why it might have been dubious nature. It might have been like he didn't have such good lineage at first. But of course he rose up to be one of the greatest leaders to ever live. Also teaching us that you can't judge people. You can't assume and you have to have all the facts beforehand. Just different interesting things about Shavuos. Of course, we also eat dairy on Shavuos. Why do we eat dairy on Shavuos? So, it might be that when we're getting to receive the Torah, and we didn't have the Torah yet, the pots and pans they use weren't really uh, ready 
to be to be tired. It wasn't really ready to be to be used. So they ate dairy. They had a lot of dairy in anticipation of getting the Torah. They might not have you know it might not have been able to slaughter cattle or whatnot. They had to be extra pure those three days before getting the Torah. So maybe in certain ways they wanted to make sure to ensure that they were pure in all aspects and that they were good in all aspects. So they might have made sure to have dairy. So dairy also, we think about the land of milk and honey, our beloved Israel, our beloved Eretz Yisrael, is known for land of milk and Israel. A lot of us, hopefully all of us, would love to be there officially. We think of Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Zavat Chalav Devash, the land flowing with milk and honey. Maybe it's an allusion to that as well. And we think about how, how dairy is so delicious for many of us, hopefully all of us, we think about how chalav is the is the nourishment of a child. You know, the milk is the only thing a baby drinks. And even as it gets older, it's really important for a baby to have milk, whole milk, and then 2% milk for the first two and three years of their life. The Torah is the nourishment of the soul. The Torah is the nourishment of our nation, is the nourishment of our people, and it's the nourishment of our soul. So maybe that's another illusion I'm just speculating here, not using any sources in and of itself, just me thinking outside the box a little bit, how we can think about doing dairy. So cheesecake is a huge thing on Shavuos, you know, blintzes and different kugels and different types of dishes that involve milk. You know, because we talk about that in general on Yom Tov and Shabbos, we talk about basar, you know, we talk about basar v'dagin, but yayin and basar, but on Shavuos it's different. And we go about thinking about different dairy dishes. So a lot of people can make mac and cheese, big ziti, different things to do for for those meals. If you want to make a cholent, maybe a vegetarian one, different aspects of going about it. Just thinking about Shavuos, of course, we also pray. We daven, of course, we also sing songs and we we eat and we, we celebrate the holiday. We light the candles and, of course, we have the relaxation, the menucha as well. The idea of Shavuos is understanding that it's the weeks. We counted the weeks to receive the Torah, and we should count every week. We should make every week count. Not just count the weeks, but make sure that every week counts. I don't remember which rabbi said that. I know it's not my own idea. Definitely making sure that every week in your life counts. Every day in your life counts. Every hour counts. Doing things involved that you make sure you're you're making your life meaningful and counting whatever you're doing. Different ideas about Shavuos. So we think about the idea of what Shavuot stands for. We think about how we're coming to Bamidbar. It's not a coincidence that Bamidbar comes near the time of Shavuot because we think about where the Torah was given. We think why the Torah was given in the desert. We think about how the, the desert is what we come to in Israel when we finally reclaim the land, reestablished, not established, but reestablished ourselves in the land of Israel. We were there all throughout the years. We were kicked out, we came back, we reestablished ourselves, and then we fully officially sanctified ourselves in 48. And you know, the Nevi'im, the prophecies talk about how Hashem will bring us back, and then there will be there will be the sounds of laughter in the streets of Yerushalayim. Old people, the elders, will sit and watch the children play. The prophecies talk about how the land of Israel will bloom again. And we, our generation and the previous generation, were Zoha to actually see this with our own eyes. The beautiful landscape, the beautiful lushness of Eretz Yisrael, which, of the land of Israel, which was laying fallow and barren for years upon years. Other nations came they tried to build it up. They were not successful. Why? Why is that? Hashem promises throughout the Bible, throughout the Tanakh, that, you know, 
if you kick out the land, the land is not going to be able to produce. When the Jews come back, the land will produce. And that's exactly what happened. For thousands of years, it laid shallow and it laid arid and it laid broken. And the ground was not habitable, was not inhabitable, was not able to be producing any greenness, any lushness, anything. Mark Twain commented, Lahavdil, when he came to the land of Israel, he didn't understand why there was such a connection to it for the Jewish people. And in general, it's a holy site for many people, our holiest, of course, and, and holy for other nations, but not their top, top, top. For sure, us, it's our top, 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 especially Jerusalem. And he comments how the land is lying shallow and it's laying bare and it's laying waste. And it's not a land that, that seems pretty. It doesn't seem like it can be inhabited. It's laying broken. But the Jews come back. Ben-Gurion's dream was to make the desert bloom, and you see that all over Israel. They have brilliant ways of bringing water, desalinating water, making sure that salt is taken out of the water. They have the, the, the desert, and you see oases in the desert. My wife and I have been watching many virtual tours, especially thanks to the wonderful One Israel Fund. And even with the Land of the Bible show of David Sussman, such cool aspects of the of the of the the land of Israel, especially in Yehuda and Shamron, when they when these people are surrounded by so much desert, yet they find oasis, they plant date trees, they plant olive trees, they plant trees all over. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they make it be that they could actually have things bloom because that's what happens, and that's why maybe one of the reasons why we're given the Torah in the desert to prove that if you live by the Torah, you live with the Torah, you use the Torah, the land will bloom. The Torah is given dafka in the desert. The Torah is given to us to use in the desert, in the land of Israel, which has a lot of desert, and then it will bloom. Then it will happen. You follow the Torah, you follow the mitzvahs, you follow the commandments, you follow what Hashem does, and you will see what will happen. A land that doesn't seem like it can produce will produce plentiful. The whole idea of Shemitah, which is such a crazy concept to begin with. Talked a lot about in Bahar and Bechukosa, which we just had, the whole idea of laying the land, letting the land lay, lay untouched basically for a year, and then it'll produce in that year and the eighth year for everybody. And uh, the owner will reap and anybody that wants to come can take. Crazy concept. But Hashem says, you listen, I will produce. Don't worry about it. Maybe that's why the land will, the Torah was given in the desert. And Chabad points out, we look at the sources. Right in the, mid, the beginning of Bamidbar, it says, Vaidabra Hashem, El Moshe Bemidbar Sinai, in the desert of Sinai. The question is, like we spoke about a minute ago, why was the Torah given in the desert? So we gave some background about the holiday itself, about Israel itself. But what do the sources say? What does Chabad point out from their sources? So when it says that Hashem spoke, you know, first of all, Rashi picks up that the Jews are going to be counted. Why? Because they were dear to Hashem. He counts them off. And when they left Egypt, he counted them. When the many fell because of the sin of the Egal Azov, the golden calf, he counted them to know the number of the survivors. When he came to cause his divine presence to rest among them, he counted them. On the first of Nisan, the Mishkan was erected. On the first of Er, he counted them. In general, we talk about Shavuos, we talk about counting, we count every day. Just Don't just count the days, but make every day count. Don't just count the weeks, make every week count, like we talked about before. Every day should count. Hashem counts us because everyone are precious. Every one of us are important, like we talked about last week. We all are a letter. We all are a spoke of the wheel. We're all in the ship. We all count. Every day counts. Every aspect of the Torah counts. The Mechalta de Rashbi explains, though, why was the Torah given in the desert? The Torah was given to the people of Israel in the ownerless desert. For if it were given in the land of Israel, the residents of the land of Israel would say it is ours. 
If it were given to some other place, the residents of that place would say it's ours. Therefore, it was given in the wilderness so that anyone who wishes to acquire it may acquire it. Anyone can come and learn Torah. Rabbi Akiva became one of the greatest leaders of the generation of all time, really. But he started out with the olive base because anybody could acquire it. You could be about tshuva learning Torah, the same Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu learned. You could be someone who has no religious affiliation coming back to learn Torah, the same Torah that Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky learns. I could learn the same Torah that Rashi learned. I am on a much, 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 much less level than any of them. I'm just proving that anybody could learn about anything. You could have no background. You could have no affiliation. Anybody could learn anything. Anybody could learn anything in the Torah. Anybody could come acquire. It was given in the desert to prove that just as the land is ownerless, so too it is really owned by all of us. Not owned by any of us, but all of us can come learn it. All of us can come be involved in it. Besikta Duravi Kahana points out, why was the Torah given in the desert? To teach us that if a person does not surrender himself to it like the desert, he cannot merit the words of Torah. To teach us that just as the desert is endless, so is the Torah without end. You think you learned everything in the Torah, you haven't even touched the surface. You think you went through Shas once, go through it again and again, see what else you can learn. We go through all 52 Parshios, or whatever number of Parshios every year, through all the weeks of the Torah, 52 weeks, but we go through all the Parshios, we go through it again and again because it is without end. Every time we finish a Masechta, we say, you know, we shall come back to you. Hadran Allah, we hope to come back because we have to go back again and again. The Torah is endless just like the desert is endless. The Torah is ownerless and is given in a desert which is ownerless. Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak of Labavish points out his customer that on the Shabbat before a wedding, the bridegroom is called to the Torah on the Ufraf. Shavuos, the festival which coincides with the anniversary of the giving of the Torah at Har Sinai, represents the marriage of Hashem and Israel, just like we talked about before. This is why the Torah portion of Bamidbar in the desert is usually read on the Shabbos before Shavuos to prove the idea about the marriage of Israel to Hashem, talking about how we have to make every day count, talking about what we what we think about on Shavuos, what we learn about Shavuos, talking about thinking about how we're involved, how we participate in Shavuos, how we could be involved in it, how we can make sure that we count, understand that the Torah is endless, understand that the Torah is ownerless, understand if you follow the ways of the Torah, that's the only way you'll succeed in life, the only way you'll succeed in the land of Israel and tolling the land, tilling the land, making the land produce. You you have mitzvahs, you have chesed, you have the Torah way of life, that's the way to go. We were given this wonderful, wonderful gift of the Torah, which is our guidebook, our land, our lease on life is the Torah. We have to follow the Torah and we think about all the, the leaders we had, Moshe, all the way until present day, everyone involved, we have to follow their example. We have to make sure that every day counts. We have to make sure to make our lives bloom, even if there are desert conditions, just as the Torah is given to us in the desert, we can make it happen and we can make it work in any condition, in any situation. Think about the desert. Think about how you can make the Torah work, how, how the Torah always works, how you make sure to involve it in every aspect of your life. Think about the desert. Think about how the Torah was given, Dafka in the desert, specific in the desert. Think about how we come to Bab Midbar right before Shavuos. Think about how we love all the holidays, all times of the year, especially Shavuos when we're given this wonderful, beautiful gift of the 
Torah and how it is our lifeboat. It is our preserver. It takes us with us wherever we go. And it should always be a part of us, especially when we go out into the world in the deserts of the land and the onerous aspects of the land. Join us next time as we talk on the audio DT with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.